I was obviously getting talked about cause, because of my pace, you know, I was quicker than most in the grades at that time. So, uh, and I remember Greg Matthews walking up to me in the first training session at uh, Israel's Cricket and he said, do you want some advice on how to get picked? And I looked at him and I said, yeah, sure. And he just said, hit people. And to win it with such a great group, great bunch of guys, uh, it was amazing. And obviously, as you said, the way we won it with, with Steve McGoffin batting like he did and, and then Chris Hartley was, was just phenomenal. So. It is a very warm welcome to the Cricket Library podcast for our second edition. Sheffield Shield is back. The Australian women's team are on fire and joining me to chat about all of that, plus a few other bits and pieces along the way. Robbie McKinlay, it's great to have your company. Hey, Matt. It's great to be back. And yeah, well, tell you what, the girls have just had a Stunning series win in the ODIs against the Kiwis. Um, yeah, obviously we're going to go a little bit more in depth for that, but that's been the highlight of my week. We've seen some magical cricket played yep. by these ladies, and it's just, yeah, so proud of them. And, yeah, 21 in a row. Woo-hoo. Where yeah. will it end? Well, who knows where it'll end. 21 in a row, phenomenal, on par with RT Ponting and the 2003 men's team who – had that streak of 21 games in a row and, and wasn't yeah. that a world-class unit, uh, that side and, and the players that took part in that. So Meg Lanning, Matthew Mott, uh, the whole playing group. It's been been a mixed bag. There's only been a few players that have played in all 21 with Meg yep. missing out today. So uh, a great achievement and well, let's let's – Run through the games over the weekend, Robbie. Uh, yeah. Spin bowling, uh, much to my delight, spin bowling playing a big role in Australia's win in the first game. New Zealand all out 180 and Australia chasing it down just three wickets down. Yeah, that was a very impressive win. And um, you're right about spin bowling um, strength in the Australian side at the moment. Matty, it's interesting, out of that total, New Zealand made all out for 180. Um, it was interesting that the three spinners used, Georgia Wareham, two for 23 or 10, Sophie Molyneux, two for 28 or 10, and Jess Jonathan, who took her second wicket in her 10th um, over, all up, six for 80 in 29.1 overs in ODI cricket. That is fantastic stuff, and it just shows you the strength of the, um, the spin bowling that we've got in um, in women's cricket in Australia at the moment, so that that really that that set it up. And then uh, yeah, Maddie Green, you know, got thirty five. Um, her and Katie Perkins added sixty two for that seventh wicket. They were six for eighty three when they came in. They really saved um, face there big time. And then it was just never a drama for the Aussie girls. Meg Lanning uh, was a sign of things to come. Sixty two not out, and Rachel Haynes forty four unbeaten. I was really impressed with young Rosemary Mayer again, yeah. Matt. Two for 21 or seven, but that was a comprehensive victory for the Aussie girls. It certainly was. And uh, just just back to harp on the spinners again, Robbie, just because I, I, I love... Oh, hello, here we go. George, Georgia Wareham, absolutely outstanding. I, I just want to highlight her dot ball percentage. 45 dots out of 10 overs wow. of bowling. That is... It's in- incredible. Molyneux was pretty close to the mark there, 43 from her 10 overs as well. Just shows how much they're drying up the runs and and then forcing the error from the New Zealand wow. batters in, in that game. 
And Meg Lanning, we can we'll talk about oh. Meg Meg some more with the next game. Yeah, sixty two not out. The skipper loves a run chase uh, and just absolutely on fire at the moment. Meg Lanning and Australia, Australia seven wicket winners. Uh, on to game two. And hey Matt, just before I finish, mate. Um, thank you very much. I was pretty proud of my stat that I came up with there with, with that six for eighty from nearly thirty overs. Then you have just stolen the show. With, <laughs> what was it? Something like eighty six, eighty seven dot balls between those two. Just between. Goodness yeah. me! You've, thanks, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> I'll just I'll just jump back in the box now. I just I'm going to leave the stats to you from here. That was brilliant stat. Yeah, sorry, I should have raised that in the cricket library weekly pre uh, pre record meeting because yeah, oh well. uh, this is going live around the world. It's very hard to just sort of chop yeah, out any no, errors well as you can imagine. But um, yeah, maybe next week, Robbie. Uh, game two, yeah. <laughs> the Australian women uh, win by four wickets in this one. And do you want to talk us through your key moments in in, in this victory for Australia? I'll certainly talk you through my funniest moment, and that happened very, very late in the game. But, yeah, I, I, um, I was working, uh, and I missed the start of the Kiwis um, innings. I got really surprised when I uh, flicked on the, on the radio, and I heard that they were, Aussies were chasing over 250. Um, Sophie Devine got 79. Amy Sapperwaite, really impressed with her form so far. She made 69. Uh, so nine for 252. Jess Jonathan, again, four for 36 off her 10 overs is really good. And I thought Nick Carey did really well. Nice mm. little spell, one for 34 off seven. Uh, and then, oh, goodness me, the, the Aussie girls just, they did this so well. It was beautifully timed. They got their um, six wickets down. And the, the Meg Lanning, of course, hit the winning runs, and it was a boundary to bring up her century. But it nearly didn't happen because... The over before, Nicola Kerry came out to bat, and um, I think the Aussies needed something like six runs to win. Yeah. So Nicola Kerry early on got a wide ball, um, and actually she took a single off the last ball. that she first ball she faced was the last ball of one of the overs, and she took a single, and the crowd went, mm, okay, and uh, landing still on 97. And then um, she got a short ball, in. The, I think it was second ball the next over, she punched it through the covers off the back foot for four. So then there was a wide fold. So scores became level all of a sudden. And luckily, no more wide fold. Uh, she had to play out the over, gave Meg strike next over and landing pretty quickly, punched one uh, through point, behind point for four runs to get the winning run, but also a well-deserved century. So that sort of was quite funny watching all that unfold. There was great spirit shown by the Kiwis too. But um, yeah, another good win by the Aussies. Yeah, and the partnership between Haynes and Lanning again; those two have been instrumental in a number of rebuilds of Australian innings o- over recent times, and uh, another hundred-plus partnership for those two. Yeah, and just the experience and the class shining through for New Zealand with the ball. Dare I say, a young leg spinner, three oh. for forty-seven. Robbie, sorry to bring it up, but the best of the bowlers <laughs> of mine, young young Amelia Kerr. Uh, doing yeah. a really, really good job with the ball there for New Zealand. Sophie Devine, a couple of wickets as well. But uh, not not good enough in that one, New Zealand. And if we thought they were going to fight back on Wednesday, um, mm. it, a really disappointing finish for New Zealand, you yep. have, to, have to say. But 
full credit to Australia. They they really rammed this one home without their skipper uh, and young Annabelle Sutherland. Um, yeah, she's made a debut. Uh, that's right. The first game on the weekend. It was good to see James Sutherland there, former Cricket Australia CEO, and I think he's working for golf at the moment. Annabelle Sutherland's first wicket, the catch by Meg Lanning, it's sort of one and a half slips. Uh, yeah. I, I think it was Satisfate that she dismissed as well. And an interesting stat here for you, Robbie. Sorry, I'm, I'm just springing these on you uh, wow. uh, at will here. But it came up in the Channel 7 coverage of the game that uh, the only other two players in the Australian women's team to have Satisfate as their first ODI wicket are, in fact, the skipper, Meg Lanning, and AK Gardner. So wow, nice little nice little group there for Anna, Annabelle Sutherland to join. And, and she was batting three today. So yeah. great, great opportunity for her to show her skills. I thought she was very composed uh, with the bat and certainly a player with a lot of promise. I remember watching Annabelle uh, Sutherland bat in the WBBL last season, and I was super impressed. I, I think you'll find I'm really confident that Annabelle Sutherland will become one of our really good all-round cricketers. Um, really, yeah, excellent. Um, hey, do you reckon Sophie Devine might have uh, regretted uh, sending the Aussies in five <laughs> to three hundred and twenty-five? If you don't mind, what about Rachel Haynes? How good's her series been? Uh, 44 not out in game one, then 82 off 89 next up, and 96 um, on Wednesday. So she's in great touch. Meg Lanning wasn't out for the series. She didn't, she didn't play on Wednesday, but she'd already had 163 runs without being dismissed. And Alyssa Healy, uh, in a 144-run opening stand, made 87. And then, yeah, like I said, it was just a great contribution. Maddie, Ash Gardner comes out, makes 34 off 20. Sutherland gets 35. Beth Mooney and Talia McGrath, both yeah. 29 not out at the end. That was Talia McGrath's first game in about three years. Just shows you the depth of Australian cricket. And, Matt, your favourite New Zealand uh, bowler, Amelia Kerr, another three wickets with her leggies. Yeah, she bowls a good wrong and too, uh, young Amelia. Does. And uh, quite quite tricky to pick out of the hand and causing a few problems there for some of the Australian players. Got the big wicket of Rachel Haynes. Uh, unfortunately for Rachel, not able to make her second one-day international century. Out for 96. Uh, but in the end, New Zealand rolled for 93. Satterthwaite standing mm. up with 41. Maddie Green chiming in with 22. Uh, and then the wicket shared across the board. Everyone who had a bowl chimed in and did a job. Matt, if you look at the first four wickets that New Zealand lost, they they, they lost four for eight at one stage uh, in in that early on. Sorry, in the top part of the innings. And then they lost forty four for twenty seven at um, sorry four for twenty seven at the start of the innings, and they lost four for eight at the end. Yeah. Now that's eight for thirty five. That you cannot lose wickets in clumps like that. So yeah, that was the tail of the tape. But um, all the Australian bowlers took a wicket. And they were very impressive. So they walk away from the three OD, um, ODIs and the uh, three T20s with a five-one result. I think it was a pretty fair indication of the whole series. So they're um, they're in great touch. And and do you think, given the fact uh, Richie Benno would have turned ninety this week, the late great Richie Benno, one of my all-time heroes, do you think maybe I could do a little bit of a Richie and read out Sophie Molyneux's bowling figures? Would I'd that love be appropriate, you to do that, Matt? 
Oh, I think it'd be it'd be marvellous for you to do that, uh, Matt. Where you go? Well, let me tell you, young Sophie Molyneux has absolutely ripped through New Zealand with the magnificent figures of two overs, two for two. A magnificent display of bowling from the young Victorian, and she's someone certainly with plenty of promise. Ah, oh, lovely. I've enjoyed that, Matt. Well played. That is fantastic, and um, I'm sure that'll that could. Um raise a few uh, questions in around uh, Matt's mailbag that later on we're going to um, unveil. But, uh, yeah, and, marvellous and, performance. And, and just to ice the cake, um, just looking at the New Zealand scorecard, a absolutely splendid 22 off 22 from Matty Green, uh, just holding that innings together for New Zealand. Super effort, that. <laughs> that is a super – and a super effort from you too and – might be a good appropriate time to um, uh, move on to the next subject. But yeah, we, we, we might take a little break now. Everyone take a chance to compose yourselves, uh, although it might be hard after this haiku poem. A, a very popular segment last week, this one, and let's hear what we've got this week. Win the toss and bat. Conditions perfect to score. Time to fill your boots. Well, time to fill your boots, Robbie McKinlay. And unfortunately, we haven't had too many Aussies filling their boots in the IPL. You've got the ladder there for us. How have you been seeing the IPL so far, Robbie? Yeah, you're right. Probably and the Aussies, yeah, they haven't yet, have they? That's an, although I'm, I think you were going to allude to one, and he's one of your all-time favourites. Just had a nice little flurry a few days ago. But at, at the moment on top, we've got um, it's an interesting ladder because if you look at it, Matt, the Mumbai Indians are sitting on top equal with the uh, uh, Delhi Capitals. Beaupont had four wins. The Indians have played six games. So then if you go down to only two games away in second-last position, the Rajasthan Royals have got a game to spare, so this is going to be really close. The team that really needs to get a wriggle along here is um, the Kings Eleven, yeah. um, who uh, only had the one win from the five games, but they have had a few good performers, including uh, Rahul, who made 132 not out of 69 balls um, early in the week, 14 fours and seven sixes, and i tell you what, insane, we'll cop that, Dale Sane, no wicket for 57 off his four <laughs> overs, and oh, gee whiz. But, um, but yeah, so Matt, look, look the, the, bang, um, the Royal Challengers are up there. It's still early days for mine, but um, yeah, just the one thing that has sort of come to my attention is that I had a look through the top five bats of all you know, run scorers, wicket takers, um, 50s made, you know, wickets here, economy, strike rates, and we've got no Aussies in it, Matt. Yeah, okay. But we do have RT Ponting coaching the Delhi Capitals who are up the top of the ladder, so there's Correct. a bit of Aussie intel. And Ryan Harris, uh, former guest of the Cricket Library podcast, bowling coach over there as well at the Delhi Capitals. So it's probably no secret who I'm kind of egging on yep. for uh, the top spot. But in saying that, one of my favourite all-time short-format cricketers 
S.R. Watson, didn't he dine out on oh. on Chris Jordan's birthday? Uh, he absolutely celebrated Shane Watson and and he was back to his brutal best, hitting balls to all parts of the ground and seeing the Chennai Super Kings across the line without losing a wicket. So more of that, please, Shane Watson. We yeah. love it. And, yeah, that game there, uh, Watto and Faf Duplessis, who made 87, they both faced 53 balls, Watto 83, not out. Um, both hit 11 boundaries. Watto hit a couple more over the fence, but did not lose a wicket in that run chase. You very rarely see that, Matty, at T20, and they had 14 balls to spare. So, yeah, a very uh, nice win there for the Chennai Super Kings, who are in the middle of the ladder, but uh, do have a game to spare on the on top place, the Mumbai Indians. So, yeah, it's, it's um, going to be good. And like we said, Matt, some of the – they really are the, – the batters are really starting to come in their own now. Rahul's the leading run score at 302. And um, Kagus Rabada, of course, he's a leading wicket taker on 12, one ahead of Jas- Jasper Boomer and Trent Bolt, one further behind. So there's class at the top there. Yeah, and Boomer sustaining an injury as well, which is – Unfortunate yeah. there. So I, I love watching Boomer Bowl. My kids love oh. watching Boomer Bowl as well. As much as we, we love Australia and seeing Australia do well, Jaspreet Boomer is a class act and, and hoping he recovers soon. And Matt, do your kids um, mimic Boomer's action? No, they they don't. But okay. it's, it's, it's one of those ones that I think you would. I think it's yeah. one of those ones. Oh, I have seen kids mimic it at when I've been out and about in, yeah. the, in the community. It's one of those ones that they uh, see on the TV, a bit like w- yeah. when we were kids. I used to love doing the Mervyn Hughes or the my all-time classic favourite was the um, the Peter Taylor. I loved doing yeah, the Peter Taylor, yeah. and uh, the other yeah. one the other one was um, Abdul Qadir. I used to love doing yeah. the Abdul Qadir. Sorry to bring up another leg spinner on the program. We might need to Whoa. change this to, to Leg Spin Weekly, Robbie. Interesting to say that, Matty. I'm probably showing my age. I, I go back a decade and a bit, probably. My two favourites growing up was Jeff Thompson with that oh, slinging yes. action, and the other one was Kerry O'Keefe. He had oh. a, a leggy hit. He had a very sort of high, energetic sort of wrap that, that crossed the two arms approach as he'd run in and bowl skull. And um, yeah, that was that was two. And even though I wasn't left-handed, there was a cricketer for India called Carson Garvey. Yeah. Left armor who had a yeah, but I used to mimic him right handed, so I don't know how that went, but there you go. So but you know, they were back a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Robbie, we are gonna move on to Sheffield Shield cricket very soon. Really looking forward to that. And before we get into it, let's let's have a listen to someone who's won a Sheffield Shield reflecting on it and get us in the mood for some shield cricket, which is underway in just a couple of days' time. When you when you receive your baggy green and uh, your number three six four, and you know that uh, there's only four hundred odd players that have played Test cricket for Australia in 130 years, uh, that's that's probably the the highlight pinnacle of your career. But geez, that Shield final was right up there. I tell you, it was an uh, in, incredible feeling to actually win that shield and just the city, the city loved it too. Like they really got behind the, the whole final and the, after we won it and yeah, it was a incredible time. It was indeed an incredible time and an incredible city, Adelaide, a, a magnificent place for cricket and the Sheffield shield hub 
is happening down there, Robbie. And excitement for us. We love the Sheffield Shield. We're massive, yeah. long-format fans. As much as we love the shorter formats of the game, I, I'd consider myself a bit more of a purist. And exciting time. South Australia taking on Western Australia and Queensland taking on Tasmania, getting underway on Saturday. What what are the what are the talking points for you, Robbie? Who are you looking at to make an impact this summer in the Sheffield Shield? Have you got your eye on anyone uh, in these two games that that stands out? Yeah, I think the interesting one for me that the, the two fascinating ones I find. Say, let's look at Queensland. Um, well, actually, I throw in three. You've got the likes of Joe Burns, uh, Usman Kawaja. Um, and Matt Renshaw, who have, you know, sort of had their moments, been in and out of that Australian side. If they can put together a really good start to the season, because um, and you never know what can happen. Spots could open up with the Australian side. Uh, they could really put themselves in contention, Matt. So, and um, oh, obviously, always just love seeing Manus Labuschagne, Bat, you know, his first runs, you know, it, it's always good. And uh, that one I'm really keen to, Billy Stanlake. Now, mm. Billy Stanlake's father, Warren, was a champion AFL footballer down my way, at the, played at the Lavington Blues, premiership player down here, very good player. Um, so there's just a little bit of a soft spot there for Big Billy um, being a, a, being a, having an interest in the Panthers. So, yeah, I'm, I'm always Queensland always intrigued me too, but tell you what they might enjoy, not playing on a few Gabba green tops early in the season, <laughs> um, down in Adelaide where there's not as much grass on the deck, I think the batters will enjoy it, but a few of those bowlers might think, oh, wow, this is not meant to be. So, yeah, Queensland have got me intrigued a bit, mate. Yeah, the other one I like um, is Bryce Street. I, I really yeah. like the way he builds in innings. He's a fairly patient uh, batsman at the top of the order for Queensland, and he's compiled some big scores in uh, the opportunities that he has had up there in Queensland. And yep. uh, one, one one that I like probably because he's in that mould of the he, – he's willing to wait for the ball in his area and, and cash in and make runs. So very good off the back foot, Bryce Street, and um, maybe some opportunities yep. there for him. Though the names you did mention are a, a pretty impressive list of guys that are probably uh, just slightly ahead of him. Uh, when they're at full strength, but he's someone I've got my eye on certainly up there at Queen, yeah. Hey, Matty, just with that, I, I wonder if there's you know if you look back on the likes of say Justin Langer and uh, Matty Hayden, who both came back at their second chance, so much better players. I just wonder if amongst that group there's someone who can really do it, stand out. You know, obviously Kawaj is probably you know his, his time's probably done, but um, yeah. I just love really Matty Renshaw. Um, yeah, I, I, I like. I think he's just got so much upside to him, and yeah. um, I'm re- yeah. See how his season goes, but let's hope they can do that because yeah, it's a it's a tough game. You know, it's a might not be too many spots open up, but if they do, you can have runs on the board. You're a great chance to step in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, having a look at South Australia, Western Australia, any any names standing out to you there in the in the setups there for the opening round? Yeah, one that uh, intrigues me a bit too is um, former West Australian player, Will Bezito. Bezito. Yeah. He's made the move across to South Australia, um, which is an interesting one. So um, I tell you what, I'm not sure how many, how many they'll have. They've got the three contracted CA players, obviously, Travis Head, Alex Carey and Kane Richardson. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they uh, they really. I'm just. I'd love to see them break through. They're going to lose Adam Zampa back home to New South Wales, and Tommy Andrews has gone down to Tasmania. But I'm, I'm, I'm at pains to mention another leg spinner. But Lloyd Pope, he's going to carry the spin bowling now. And um, if the Tiwat, if Chad Sayers and Joe Many and Dan Worrell can put a bit of pressure on with that new ball, and if uh, Lloyd Pope's got a few runs to play with, we might see this talented young man uh, just. Show a few tricks out of his repertoire. Yeah, yeah, we may very well indeed. He, he has been very impressive, certainly at that under nineteen level, uh, spinning a web there, and then he's had some success in the big bash. But really, would be good to see him make a name for himself in the longer yeah, form of the yep. cricket, uh, longer form of cricket. Uh, uh, one I've got my eye on being from Western New South Wales, young Henry Hunt. Um, oh yeah, yep. he, he's around the Grenfell, Cowra area, came through Western Zone Cricket, went to the ACT, and then he's, he's made, his, made his mark in, in South Australia. So he's, he's one that I've kind of got a soft spot for and hoping to see him uh, make some runs this summer. Now, so uh, goodness knows, goodness knows, if you ever become a leg spinner from Western part of New South Wales, <laughs> you're going to, Matt, you'll be elevated in Matt, Matt uh, Ellis's um, book. Don't worry about that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, uh, Tasmania, they, yep. they've got some pretty good ins in, oh, namely Peter Siddle uh, mm. coming in. He's, he's the main one. I mean, you mentioned Tom Andrews coming across from South Australia. What what are your thoughts on Peter Siddle and his possible role down there at Tassie this season? Brilliant move, Matt. Absolutely love it. When I, when it happened a couple of months ago, I thought, well played. And I reckon George Bailey's got his fingers all over that. Um, I think it's great. They've got so much promise there with the young quicks. You know, Riley Meredith, you know, Sammy Rainbird and these lads. So why not get someone like a Pete Siddle in? And we, we know Pete Siddle could still play test cricket, Matt. Yeah. He's He's cruising along in life, you know. He just he just has no respect for age. He just keeps going. Um, oh yeah, look, I, I, they excite me, Tasmania. They potentially, I think they really are one of the fancies they could win it. You know, if if Alex Doolan, you know, has a good year, Benny McDermott just keeps yeah. punching them out. Um, there's, there's some good stuff, and Jordan Silk. Let's you know the former New South Wales player. If he can um, turn it around, you know, and just get a little bit more consistency. Um, yeah, really happy to see Tassie progress. That's always been my second side, Matt, I reckon. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, New South Wales Blues, number one ranked there, but a bit of a soft spot for Tassie. Um, George Bailey's grandmother yeah. uh, used to ride horses with my mother. Oh, uh, you name dropper. Yeah. Robbie McKinlay. Stop yeah, it. sorry about that. Stop it. Uh, yeah. So that, that happened in around the River Arena many, many, many decades ago. But my mother, who loved the cricket and, and the big listener of the Cricket Library Weekly, uh, yeah, she absolutely adores George Bailey. So, yeah, gorgeous George, as she calls him. So yeah, The ratings, yeah, there's a, ratings have just yeah. gone through the roof here. <laughs> oh, so that's yeah. the so beat that one, Statman. Yeah, no, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I, I think we'll move, we'll move on to WA, and I'm thinking maybe if we leave New South Wales and Victoria to next week because they're not playing this weekend. Yep. We'll just have a look at WA. Some names here. Cameron Green. He he is someone I've got my eye on, and, and he seems to be the next big thing, doesn't he, Cameron Green? He does. He, he's a guy I reckon we're all – um, 
wanting to see more of. Now, where he gets opportunity comes his way or not. Um, yeah, not Mitch Marsh, of course, is going to be going to be under you know a bit of doubt for a while with that injury sustained in the Indian Premier League. But yeah, indeed, um, Green's the man. They talk him up big time over there in WA, and look, he's got obviously Justin Langer would have great intel on him. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I just want, I'd want to see him at a higher level, and I'm sure a lot of the, um, the supporters out there, the fans of Australian cricket, do. Because um, the Western Australians are not afraid to talk up a local man, as you well know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, from all reports, he, he is the real deal. And uh, yeah, they, they, they've got some exciting players in that in that squad. There's no doubt about it. Ashton Turner, he, I think he's still got his best cricket ahead of him. Yeah, agree. Um, and and let's and let's hope Cameron Bancroft can uh, get a bit of his mojo back and um, yeah, yeah, get some runs on the board because I. Yeah, he's a real, um, he's a fighter, Cam Bancroft, and um, yeah, I hope things can turn around for him. Yeah, I, I feel the same way about Cameron Bancroft. I think there are good things around the corner for him. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan actually uh, of Ban- Ban- Bancroft at the top of the order, and someone who is a real fighter puts a puts a really big price on his wicket. And could be if he gets back to his best, uh, could be the glue that holds. Yeah, WA together. Sean Marsh in there as well. Hilton Cartwright as well. Another name who's played yep. Test cricket. Um, we we haven't seen him fulfil that potential. I guess that saw him make his debut for Australia. But he is certainly a, a high class cricketer and someone who can be a, a key factor for WA in the Sheffield Shield this summer. Yeah, but Matt. That one's interesting. I'm not sure. The absence of Nathan coulter Nile and Andrew Tide out of that squad, um, I was a bit surprised about that. What's your – any thoughts in around that? Yeah, that's an interesting one. And Simon Macken as well moving down. He's, he's picked up an opportunity with Victoria as well. Yeah, so that is interesting. Okay. Um, I guess the big in is leading wicket-taker for the Shield competition last year in Cameron Gannon coming across from yeah. Queensland. You have, yep. a, have a look at the – the wicket-taking chart last year, Gannon, 38 uh, wickets, the leading wicket-taker, five ahead of uh, Michael Neeser, uh at Queensland there. So I, th- I think that's yeah. probably the rationale. They're getting Gannon in. Uh, so, And then, then you have a look at some of the other names that are still in that that bowling lineup when available. Like you've, yeah. got, you've got Berendorf, you've got Jai Richardson. Uh, there's also... Uh, Stoinis when he's available. Like, I, I guess yeah. comes down to who, who's available and uh, yep. what roles they see them having. But yeah, it's always it'd never be easy moving on experienced players. But um, yeah, I, I think probably they're expecting big things from from Gannon coming across from Queensland, and he, he and, and I guess. We, we would have expected him to be ripping and tearing on on the uh, on the whacker, but that that yeah. might be the case early early on in the season at least. Well, Matt, I'm just the, the name Gannon is quite a famous name in Western Australian cricket. Of course, I'm not sure is is he any relation to Sam Gannon, the former left armer, played a little bit, played a lot of cricket for WA, and I think Sammy Gannon played a bit of Test cricket too. Really solid left arm bowler. Um, again, probably showing my age a bit there, my decades, but yeah. It, I'm, I'm, that might be a little bit of homework for you. Yeah, if we can just dig that one up. That that will be some homework. And interestingly, um, Cameron Gannon, uh, another player who um, born in New South Wales and has played for Queensland. 
That's, cl- that's classic Queensland, Ooh. isn't it? Oh. Isn't that classic hey. Queensland? Yeah. Hey, that'll get you a state of origin game. Yeah, that's yeah. Not, uh, yeah. Uh, what's the song? Where, where's Borkham Hills? <laughs> yeah, it's it's in Queensland. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but now it's hey. in Western Australia. Hey, mate, just a quick one on that squad looking for a few names there. Josh Philippi, who's done yeah. so well with Sydney Sixers. He had a, had a crack in the IPL the other day, and unfortunately he got out for a, uh, a, a blob. So, uh, but I'll hopefully they give him another chance. I hope they just don't um, judge him on that one inning. So, yeah. He's, he a, he's a an excitement machine. He, oh. He's a gun. Yep. Yeah, no other word. Now, but they're good squad. Good squad, WA, Maddie. Um, they'll be hard to beat. Yeah, I think they will, Robbie. Um, we'll, we'll wrap up those games next week on the program and then preview what's coming up. Sheffield Shield is on the radar and we love it, don't we, mate? We will be all over it. I love it. Growing up, I remember getting home after school and watching the last session on ABC TV. Oh, you Shield are cricket. showing your oh, age. I know. Jeez, hello. So, um, yeah, it is. It's a big, big part of the fabric of Australian cricket. Let's um, And may it stay that way. Absolutely. Well, we are out of time, Robbie, but before we go, we're introducing a new segment to, to debut next week, provided, provided we get some buy-in from our loyal Cricket Library listeners. Mm-hmm. The 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 segment is going to be called Matt's Mailbag, and all you need That's to do beauty, yeah, all, all you need to do, and and we are we are turning back the clock. We are keeping Australia Post in business, and yep. and what we're wanting our listeners to do is to send us a postcard from where you're listening from, yeah. with a question that we can answer on the program, yeah. So it can be anything you like. Um, you, might, you might want to know if I'm related to Nathan Ellis, for example. We've got the same surname. Yeah, great People, question. I, yep. I'm, I'm yep. not going to answer that now because I haven't received a postcard with the question. But what you need to do, I'm going to reveal the address here. Uh, now, you might think this is a made-up address, but this is the real address that I want you to send it to. Send it to 101R. That's the letter R. So 101R. Bungle Gumby Road. Oh, hello. <laughs> in Borough Bedeen. Can you spell that, please, Matt, for our listeners? Bungle Gumby, B U N G L E G U M B I E Road in Bung- in Borough Bedeen. Um, okay. just, just address it to MJ Ellis. It will get to me and. Robbie, I'll What's get the you. postcode there, Matt. Oh, it's it's just 28, post- 28230 yeah. is your postcode. Um, 2830, yep. Yeah, and Robbie will read them out on the show uh, each each yeah. week. So get those postcards in, and hopefully by next week we'll have our very first segment. If not, if we don't get anything next week, uh, we may need to go back to the drawing board. But I, I'm backing you, our loyal Cricket Library listeners, to, to jump in and have a bit of fun with this. Matt's mailbag. Oh, looking Looking forward to that one, and I love that. That one hundred and one R Bungle Gumby Road, Borough Bedeen. So yeah, yeah I'm two eight three. Not eight. a real met, not a real metropolitan address, is it, Matt? It's sort of more out in the sticks there. But um, I'm looking forward to that, and bit of bit of listener feedback, and send those questions in because, as you see, Matt is the guru of stats on cricket. If you've got a question, he'll give you an answer, or you'll ask the librarian. <laughs> That's right. We'll ask the librarian, and um, we may actually have a prize. So if if we might we might send out a random piece of memorabilia from the Burrowdean Cricket Library to 
our best postcards each week. So, oh, lovely. If that's not incentive enough to jump on board, I don't know what is. Well, Robbie, it's time for us to say goodbye. Uh, massive thanks to our listeners for joining us and uh, massive thanks to you, Robbie, for being a part of the Cricket Library Weekly, our second edition. Absolute pleasure, Matt. Anyone uh, stay safe and keep smiling. Bye for now.